Älskar du den här podden? Stötta den genom IKAs nya supporterfunktion. Det är helt upp till dig hur mycket du vill bidra med och det finns ingen bindningstid. Klicka på länken i poddbeskrivningen för att visa din uppskattning och stötta podden. Ryan Reynolds här från Mint Mobile. Med prysen av just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Det här avsnittet av Onroaders podcast är sponsrat av Raider Power. Men mer om det senare. I'm sitting down in a shitty motel in Long Beach with a, a very fine gentleman that I've been looking forward to to actually talk to for quite a while. I was at Irwindale in 2014, and uh, we were trying to get something going, and it just didn't happen. We didn't have the time, and you were super busy as as usual during the the FD events. And um, of course, I'm I'm speaking of Jared Dianda. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for doing this, first of all. It smells like urine, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, I, I, I really don't know what to... I mean, say. I don't think you guys urinated in this room. <laughs> I think this is pre-soaked urine that's here. I don't think you brought any of your Scandinavian urine. I think there's a different hint, a different like <laughs> fragrance that comes from the Scando and the fish soup and the, and the ass beer that, that you guys drink and eat. So I think there's a different <laughs> fragrance. I think this is local Long Beach urine. Oh yeah, yeah. You could totally so try. you're welcome. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. Are you from around here? I'm actually not. Um, I was born in Northern California, a little town called Sunnyvale, California, and then grew up in Cupertino, California, which uh, is probably on the back of a lot of your cell phones or packaging. Cupertino, California, thinking. is uh, a lot of the Apple products was designed, but it's all manufactured in China. Whatever. <laughs> Let's be quite honest. Um, yeah. But I grew up in Cupertino, and then. Um, My parents got divorced and I moved to San Diego when I was seven. Oh, wow. So, so which you, isn't too far from here. No, exactly. About, it's like a, about an hour and a half. Yeah. You've been to San Diego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Went, went to Part Shop Max and okay. uh, visited some, some, they manufacture steering angle kits and stuff. Yeah. So, that yeah. was, it's a nice, really nice city. Yeah. Really. San Diego's, uh, they're saying is a, gosh, what is the damn saying? I just totally spaced on it. The, 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 the America's finest city. It it's is. America's oh. finest oh, city. Oh, wow. Quotation marks. That's what it's in, <laughs> but it is America's finest city. All right. So, um, why don't you like introduce yourself, like your occupation? What, who who are you? Right. Uh, my name is Jared Dienda. I'm 37 as of right now. I'll be 38 here in October. And uh, my job title or description would be host, 
presenter, MC, ambassador, father, husband, believer. That's it. If you look at my Instagram. <laughs> okay. Right? Hashtag end it. <laughs> yeah, Lightning yeah, yeah. bolt end it. AKA send it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that most people know you as the voice of Formula Drift. Yeah, I'm, I'm super proud to be part of, of Formula Drift. I mean, it's it's 2016. We're going to our 13th year of Formula Drift competition, which, I mean, absolutely blessed to be part of such a cool product, brand, lifestyle that's brought together so many people, just you and I and everybody in this room engaging on something that is as minuscule as cars doing sideways burnouts has absolutely brought together the world. And for me to play my role and be part of that DNA is, I feel minuscule, but humbled and there's an importance to my role. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rad. So to be the voice of drift, you know, I mean, it's pretty rad. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and, and how how did that all come to be? Like, did you grow up like being a super vocal? Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, um, I never had aspirations of being a host or a TV show host or host anything. Um, to be quite honest, uh, I graduate. I was supposed to graduate in 1996 from high school, so it gives you an idea. Again, I told you I'm 37, so you get an idea. But I was supposed to graduate in 96. I actually had to go to summer school to get my diploma um, because I'm just not a good student. <laughs> um, I might have ADD for whatever lack of term you can use. But to be quite honest, my only background of speaking in front of people would be reading aloud in class. I always liked to read aloud in class, and it was something I just like to do and it was just kind of I wasn't like a jock I wasn't a nerd I wasn't this I always I, I love cartoons I want to be an animator um but you know my mom's very uh, talented in the art art world but I had no prior experience until Ryan Sage and Jim Lyle started Formula Drift and that was it in 2004 and um uh Ryan Sage and Jim Lyle I had a previous relationship with uh not not you know uh you know sexual anything <laughs> um but uh, but ryan and jim and i i worked with jim because he worked at idrc which is import drag racing circuit which import drag racing was quite big here in the states and in my whole world and and uh and and ryan was working for hot import nights and when formula drift came to be i was working at a shoe company called speedwell which is a, a it's it didn't didn't go too big. Um, they made a Sammy Hubinette shoe. They made a Dio Shihara shoes. Um, a manufacturer based company out of China, and and I kind of spearheaded it and was part of this team and all this stuff. But Ryan came to me and says, "Hey, we're doing this drifting sanctioning body, and it's called Formula Drift, and this is post them bringing D one to the states and this and that." So they said, "Hey, you're charismatic." Kind of getting quickly to the story would be. Hey, you're charismatic. Why don't you be our host? So in 2004, we had our four rounds. I didn't get paid anything to do it, but I was working for Meguiar's concurrently, and um, it, and it worked out. And here we are, 13 years later. So it was it was a total thing of let's see how it goes, yeah. you know. Because I, I tried working with him and this, and then come back, and I mean we've <laughs> we've had many different you know, host things go in and out. And I was the host of the TV show. I was the host of live. I was the, not on live stream. I was on live stream. I mean, they, we've seen many different quote unquote seasons of hosting and announcing of Formula Drift. 
and obviously I'll go where I'm told, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a hired contractor by Formula Drift, but, um, I'm very thankful for Ryan and Jim for giving me this opportunity to, to just do, do me. And, and I mean, they, they, they're really hands off, you know, and Ryan's my boss, but he's also my co-host. So it's fun interacting with somebody who's your boss. So we always play those different sides as well. So were you always like a car guy? Did you grow up like motor racing or? <clears throat> um, I, I, growing up in, so being born in Northern California, um, like I said, my parents divorced when I was seven. My dad had some Porsches and stuff when I was a kid. And um, I had a habit of chewing on things. And I chewed on like the, he also had a BMW and I chewed up like the door. Like I, I remember chewing things. It was really <laughs> weird. I don't know. It's super weird. But, um, and then my parents divorced and I moved to San Diego. And uh, like, I, I, to be honest, I wasn't a car guy until like 90 until Siri tells me something. Um, <laughs> I wasn't a car guy until like 93 or something. Um, because I grew up with my mom. So I got into like tuner cars and I was like, I don't know how, I don't know who or why. And, but I grew up a Honda dude. Um, I had a, you know, I had a 96 EK hatchback. So I grew up street racing in San Diego, which would, which between San Diego and LA was like the epicenter. Like what I tell people, because how old are you, DJ? Uh, I'm 25. Okay, 25. A lot older than you. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I say that because they made the movie about Fast, you know, Fast and Furious was about what I was doing and what we were doing, like in our culture. Oh, wow. Like, I, I, the, the movie came out long after what we were doing, you know, Stefan Papadakis and Wicked Crew and this and that. Like, this import tuner drag racing culture was what I was doing, you know? So, and, you know, you'd go to these certain areas and you'd go drag race and the cops would come and you'd get in your car and bounce and I'm not endorsing this by any means but this is everybody has their version of a hot rod my hot rod was a, was a civic hatchback and and just being in that culture just it just fed like my appetite for just cool fun stuff and like counterculture right like mash culture society so you know growing up I'd you know, have a BMX bike and ride around town, I'd skateboard, I'd do this. This was just something new. It was just, I, I'm always kind of looking for trends and things and stuff. And, and drifting is one of those new things. And I still feel like it's new, right? Because it's like, you're still in the counterculture, but it just gets to masses. And, and, and we have the vehicle of social media and networking to get it larger out there. So back to the question. <laughs> growing up in San Diego and growing up street racing, it, it allowed me an opportunity to be at this epicenter of this kind of groundswell, just similar to Dogtown and Z-Boys and skateboarding, being in Venice Beach, and, and the, these certain parallels of just being in the mix. I grew up in this epicenter of you know making national news of hundreds of hundreds of cars being blocked in at this parking lot and hoods popped and kids being thrown, you know, given tickets for, you know, uh, being out too late. I was in that, you know, and, and it's, it's cool, but it's not cool, you know, but, uh, that, that was just something where I got, I got a taste for a little, a little bit of illegal activity, but I was a good kid. I was a really good kid. I'd be home at night and yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what really fed my like car, my car vibe. 
was was that that street racing environment so were you like you were never aspiring to be a race car driver or uh like a professional side of it i mean i'm sitting in a chair i'm six four 250 pounds like I, I you know i'm a big dude so i grew up in san diego and and i i couldn't skateboard like there are dudes that were better than me that are smaller than me more nimble than me that fell softer than me you know <laughs> like my friends would fall and they'd fall like a leaf when i fall I hit, like I hit hard. So there's no reason for me to break my neck. And I'll say to this day, I have nothing to prove. Like I, like I think there's people like that are great at their skills and I don't want to take away that from them. And I, for me, I'd rather see them flourish and actions speak louder than words. And that's coming from me being an announcer, but I really enjoy seeing people do their craft. And I'm a connector. I'm a, I'm a lover of life. I'm a lover of seeing people flourish and do their things. And I've always been that way, just a creative mind and just just embracing other people's stuff and like how they do it and what they do. And really dissecting and looking at your program and saying, like, okay, well, your logo could say this. Or how about this? Or what about that? You know, like, you know all, that's just how I've always been. For me, I've never aspired to go fast like, and beat other people. I'm competitive, but not to the point where I want to get a checkered flag. I'm competitive because I just want to, life's a marathon, not a sprint. And I have all these stupid taglines, but it's it's very literal because I, I just, I want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy my friends. You know, I'd love for everybody to like me. I know that's not the case because you can't make everybody happy, but I, I'm not competitive to the point where I want to hurt people's feelings. Like, you know, and that comes down to like me skateboarding if it's me bmxing or drag racing or drifting like if i ever wanted to get behind the wheel of a drift car like it would just be for fun like i have no aspirations of competing that's why my hat's off and my affinity and respect for anybody from ground level to champion i mean just the blood sweat and tears that go into a car and a build is just absolutely mind-blowing but for me like i've never had the the aspiration of actually competing so what was your uh, aspiration before you became the host what was your your ultimate dream what was the the life you <laughs> sought so it's funny i don't i don't really have like those dreams they change um I, i would have to say that you know i i love being married i love having kids i love giving them the fire and, and surrounding them with the 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 opportunity the the the, uh, the examples of what they could be You know, like if it's going to Bucky Lassick's house, who's a great friend of mine, going and see him skateboard. Or if it's going to Ken Block's house and we're staying with him and seeing that. Or hanging with Von Gittin Jr. and going tubing, which we've done and drank a lot of beers and had a good time. These are all opportunities that my kids and family and people and I've afforded and, and, and it's experiential. I, I like experiences. I like engaging. I like talking about things and and there it is there's your answer <laughs> cut that's it good night <laughs> see you guys <laughs> I, i i can't i can't say there is one specific goal because it constantly changes and and you know once you stop dreaming you know what do you have to live for like uh, i have many different dreams you know I, i love traveling i love life i love you know beer i like good food um There's there's many different things that I I get fixated on, and it, because we live in a mash culture society, because you know you're you're wearing Vans with with Levi's jeans, but you have a car shirt on, and you, we live in this mash culture society, and I, I I live and love that. I love the idea that we're not just you're a jock, you know this quad mentality. You know in, in the states, you know you, you have this quad that's at the center of your high school. 
and there's the jocks and the nerds and then this and that. I never fit in that, dude, because like I was a little this, a little that. So like, thankfully, I didn't because like I, I kind of relate in different facets. So that's why like, you know, if it's social media and Instagram and comments and stuff like that, like it's just it's too easy and it's just too quick to hate. And and because I can relate and understand on so many different levels on what people and their minds are at, like. Hey man, I get it. You're upset. Like that really sucks. Don't take it out on me. Like, hey, let's talk about it. And if, and if anybody ever hates on me or whatever, like, hey man, like let's have a talk face to face. Let's see how you really feel. And then it's like, uh, diffuses them really quick. But it's like, hey man, like that's really, you know, I mean, there's, it's been a, never. It's been never. Like since many different websites have existed, like people have hated on me or situations and I'll call them out and be like, hey, man, like I've DM people either either promoting and saying, hey, I really like what you do. Keep doing what you do. I love what you do. I'd like to meet with you or somebody that is just absolutely antagonistic and just poking, poking the, the, the line that's going to bite you. But I'm the line that has no teeth because I'm like, hey, man, let's talk like I'm not going to I'm not going to chew you up. I'm just going to. I'm going to love on you and let you know that, like, hey, man, I understand where you're coming from. Let's let's dance. Let's party. <laughs> I'd rather say let's party than let's fight. You know, I mean, I fought twice in my life. Once I was in seventh grade. Once it was at a formal drift event. <laughs> <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. What happened? Uh, it was Sonoma. Oh, I don't know what. It was. might have been the last year. We are at a bar in Novato, California, like outside of uh, this is Alex Pfeiffer's bar. Alex Pfeiffer's like, oh, we gotta go to this bar. We'll go to this bar. Do you remember Alex Pfeiffer? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Alex Pfeiffer's like, oh, we gotta go to this bar, and it was like uh, Pfeiffer, Tyler McCory, Brian Crowers there. <laughs> Sorry, Brian, and like uh, Tony Angelo, Chris Forsberg, Lindsey Ross, like all these kind of drifter dudes, and um, and like basically it was it was a cool bar. It wasn't like super rowdy. It wasn't super divey. It was somewhere in the middle, and. Um, and this and Tony will Tony Angelo will tell you that I started the fight, but he knocked over a glass like jokingly, and I I might have like emulsified and made it worse. But anyways, like Tony's like, oh, we're near the jukebox, and Tony like knocks over a glass. I'm like, oh, dude, we're getting crazy. And this guy comes over and says like, hey man, you knocking over the glasses? And I'm like, whoa, bro! Like I kind of pushed the dude and and and. And the guy, and Tony's like, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm security. He's like, no, you're not. You're like in street clothes. I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, and he's like, I'm off duty. And I'm, I, this is like my bar. And we're like, whoa, like back up. And shit just hit the fan, dude. It just got rowdy real quick. And like, Tony's getting put. I'm getting pushed. Crit, like, it was like us against them. Because there was like 30 FD affiliated people, like drivers, crew, friends, family, wives, and, like, the local Novato, California, which is, like, it's white, like, you know, it wasn't, like, crazy or anything like that. And it was just, and it just <laughs> met. And the big culmination was that when this dude, like, goes and swings at Michelle Forsberg, who's Chris Forsberg's wife, and, like, misses, thankfully, and, like... Uh, Lindsay and Crit and it just got ugly, dude. It got so it got so <laughs> nasty. What was the coolest thing was I did get like a I got like popped and I got like a fat lip. And I went home to like my wife. I'm like pretty sweet, huh? Like eh, eh, pretty dope, right? <laughs> like, it was like my badge of honor. I'm like yeah, totally good to my face, babe. I totally look cool. Like so again, that's I've only fought twice, but like it went onto the street. Cops came, people ran. I mean, it was. 
It was it was knock down, drag him out. It was it was a good time. I mean, brings a tear to my eye. I think about it. oh gosh, it's so fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can walk away from it. Nobody got arrested. You know, I mean, it was it was funny, but. So formula drift uh, caused me to fight. So I guess I can detract that statement of me being a lover. <laughs> but again, Tony Angelo will say that I started it. But I mean, we all know Tony Angelo. <laughs> so, so uh, talking a bit about your you loving experiences and, and doing different things, you have a lot of tattoos that you've acquired in quite a short period of time. Really, <laughs> really. Uh, well, I, mean, I would yeah. say, yeah. It's like looking at your Instagram. It's like every place you go, you get a tattoo. Is that what's what's going on? Or what? yeah, um, I love tattoos. Um, you know, my body is my passport. Is the obviously hashtag, and um, you know, my wife would. She's she's grown to it, and she's grown accustomed to it. And I think that just like a place and a location and a friend and experience and a food or a beer leaves a mark on you. I, I, I'm kind of like the movie Memento, if you've ever seen that, where he takes notes and keeps and yeah, does all yeah. those things. I'm kind of like that because, you know, it's just fun. And um, and um, being the artistic guy that I am, I like kind of regional art or I like the idea of that. So, you know, after getting my first tattoo, which is the Good Fortune, which is like my fortune cookie and horseshoe and rabbit's foot, that was my first tattoo. That's a pretty big tattoo. Yeah, it was, it was my first, and and you know it, it's it's important it's important to me because um, a fortune cookie is my wife and I when we got married our wedding favors were fortune cookies so everybody that came got a fortune cookie because I believe you know before I believed in Christ but I believe that you know people are like oh you're lucky you're lucky I hate the word luck because you don't choose luck you know like I'm fortunate I, there's a path I've chosen now I believe I'm blessed because I believe in Christ and I believe that we are blessed because there's a higher power than us. That's to each their own. But that's where I'm at. Well, funny thing is, is like, forge cookie, rabbit's foot. I'm like, oh, I'm fortunate my whole life. Like, you know, I've, I've never lost only, I've, I've only lost one grandparent to this day. Like, I have all my grandparents, all this stuff. I get that tattoo. Uh, my grandma trips and falls. I lose a crown. Both cars break. Our cell phone <laughs> breaks. And, like, while I'm sitting and getting this tattooed, I was like, baby, it'd be pretty cool if I got, like, bad luck on this arm. She's like, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> so that all, get the tattoo, all this Shit happens. She's like, go get that tattoo. So I have bad luck over oh, here. Oh, wow. So it bounced me out. So I have, like, good fortune and bad luck. So that that was, like, one and two. And then the third was my son, Parker, which is my oldest son, who's now nine. It'll be ten in July. And then now, um, just traveling, I have every every tattoo tells a story. And, I mean, that's obviously the cliche thing to do. But, you know, I have I have Norway on here. I have Barbados, Japan, New Jersey. Both my kids' name. My grandpa's plane. He fought in World War II. Arizona, Montreal, New York. My back is riddled with a bunch of random stuff from Barbados to New Zealand and then um, you know my big piece over here is an octopus because I always have eight things going on and I have the two flowers which re- represent my two kids and my two boys um, and it's it's you know even like a snake on my chest because it's about conquering your fears I don't like snakes who'd like snakes nobody but I mean <laughs> some people do have in their house which they're crazy but I mean no offense but I choose not to so you know it's it, it's it's something for me that it's just all about me. Like, I mean, that's, you know, and, and the ones you do see, I, I, I love talking about them. I mean, I, I'm again, an artistic mind. I like, you know, museums and art and things and stuff. And I don't know, kind of a wacko like that, but you know, but I mean, people are like, Oh man, you have, 
You're running out of room. I don't. I mean, I could take my clothes off. I have a lot of square footage. I'm six four, two hundred fifty pounds. So I got a lot of. I got a lot of space. And AKA, that's a lot of money to fill up. Is the, is the big thing, right? I mean, do you want? If we can go get a tattoo right now, if you want, you ready? All right, here we go. <laughs> I think actually one of our uh, one of our uh, the, the audio guy, actually Daniel, who's standing here beside me, he's actually going to get his first tattoo while in the U.S. Where? When? Who? So. <laughs> what you don't know? Uh, I mean, you, you got I mean, you can't just be like that. Okay. I know, I know where, and I know what, but I don't know when or where to do it here. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I have some suggestions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. So, so, um, like your your tattoos are, are a thing that you are into, and, and the experiences. You're also a beer guy. Yep. So. Yeah, I love. Uh, you know, it just. It's again, drink local, eat local, get tattooed local. Yeah. It's, it's another, it's another stupid mantra of mine, and um, and I, I like drinking local because it's it's a taste of the environment. It's a, it gives you an idea of how a beer complements food, and how a beer is you know social. You know, in particular markets, markets if it's you know Venezuela, they have a three point eight percent beer because it's 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 a it's a long beer you know you're you're, you're drinking for a long time right um in america it's like beers are high octane like it's just america you know like they're all killer no filler man and and that's and but you know japanese love a good american budweiser by comparison to something else. i don't like heineken particularly in the states but i go to i drink heineken in europe and it's not as bad like it, i should say not as bad but it, it it's, it's 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 better than stateside you know heineken but um yeah it's 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 just one of those things again that i i enjoy tasting the region as suspect as that sounded (laughs) (laughs) taste the region step into a dienda brew (laughs) that's that's my next beer yeah my beer commercial taste the region dienda oh wow that Mm. got creepy real fast (laughs) So, so are you looking to like acquire new things like tattoos, beers, and and traveling? Do is yeah. there like like another thing that you want to uh, collect? No, it'd be it honestly be like my family and stuff like that. But um, you know, car events. Um, you know, I've I've announced some spectacular events over the years. Um, going to Indy Five Hundred for the first time oh, this year. Oh wow! Yeah, which wow. they're celebrating a hundred years. So it was kind of a bucket list thing, right? Um, you know, I. And, and all things aside, like you said, I'm not, I don't have aspirations of racing or, or, or driving competitively, but I enjoy cars. Like, let's get that damn sure correct. Like, I love cars. I love things. And you can't know it all. It's like walking into a library and, and there's all those books. You can't read all those books, right? There's so many cars in the world. You can't know it all. You sure as hell can put off like you know it all, but shut the fuck up because you don't know it all. And it's, it's, there's a library of cars. So you learn something new every day. And what I've learned over the years is like, if you want to know anything about cars, ask the owner. They'll be more than happy to tell you exactly what you need to know. And then some. And maybe too much. So for me, like, I love cars, and I'd like to experience car culture a little bit more. So driving Nürburgring, which I've been on, you know, I've been on the, the Autobahn, and I've, I've done Gumball 3000 five times. Um, I've, I've driven some insane cars. I've done 170 miles per hour in a car. I've, you know, I've, I've done some wild stuff. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of the world, and some of which I didn't get tattooed at because I'm there for a night. But... You know, there's there's car experiences that do exist that I'd like to do. What's the the wildest ride you you've had? Uh, yeah, doing 170 in Italy in a Ferrari 550 Marinello. It's wrapped like the generally. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> that did not sound good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you know what General Lee is, right? You yeah, know yeah. Has but it. on a Ferrari? Yeah, on yeah, a Ferrari 550. <laughs> so that was like 2005. So I, I worked for Gumball 3000 uh, for a few years, and I worked for them stateside. The first year I did was 2003, which is San Francisco to Miami. But in 2005, it was um, London, Prague, Budapest, Croatia, Croatia Sicily, Rome, then Monaco. So we ended at the Monaco Grand Prix, and in between there, we stayed at some phenomenal places or slept on a boat while our, you know, we went from Croatia to Italy. And uh, I ended up doing the rally, starting the rally, and eventually Johnny Knoxville was supposed to take over my seat. But Maximilian, who owns Gumball 3000, is a friend of mine, and um, and he said, uh, you know, hey, jump in with me. You do the first half, and then Johnny Knoxville will jump in, and you jump in another car. All right, cool. And I eventually ended up doing the whole rally with, with Maximilian. So he wrapped it like the General Lee, this 550 Le Mans edition wide body Marinello. Um, and it's right hand drive, so that's kind of cool. You oh, know? Wow. So, or left hand, right? Left hand drive, right? Yeah, this side. So, um, so um, you know, just shifting and all that. But basically, we slept on a just a fast forward. We're in Croatia. All there, it was the most cars that have ever done gumballs. About 190 cars or so. So you know everything from you know a safari camper van, you know Volkswagen with a Porsche engine to you know Dosevo, you know Citroen, right? And so I'm getting. I'm like, we wake up, we drank all night, probably slept for a couple hours, and it's just like, all right, cool, like. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah, I'm good to drive. I'm fine. Let that, be, <laughs> let that be known. But um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm backing the car off, this, off the boat, and I'm like, dude, I'm in Italy. I'm in Sicily, and I'm in a Ferrari. I'm going to do 170 across this bit. Like, what? Like, <laughs> dude, unbelievable. You know, and then we drive, and we go to this hotel where they filmed The Godfather, like the wedding scene, and like I'm like looking out, and there's like... This the active volcano, which I can't recall the name right now. That's in Italy, and like, dude, unbelievable. You know, like it, it's an absolute blessing that the stars have aligned. And it's not because I'm rich, but I'm wealthy and friends and experience and culture and stuff. And that was that was that was that's why I'm telling this story because it was just a cool. It was, it was it was a great you know experience. 
Yeah, and you're yeah. probably looking to to get more of those in in the future. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, but you don't chase the dragon. You know what I mean? It's just it's like a drug, right? You don't chase you don't chase that high. You chase the you know. It's just like a great party, man. Remember that? I hate the good old days. I hate that saying because today's a good old day. Tomorrow is a new day. Today's a good old day, but I don't want to reference the good old day. Today's today, and make more good old days because like every day you have an opportunity to make a good old day. That's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you, because uh, some people live in the past too much, right? Where it's just like, oh man, I could have, could have, should have, woulda. Well, dude, unfortunately, you can't, you can't, you won't, you won't, you didn't. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that, and that's what happens. So I'd rather people get excited about their opportunity that they're presented now, live in the moment, and make calculated risks, right? Because you're not going to make risks; you're going to make calculated risks that affect your long term. You know, opportunity. If it's a drifter, if it's a driver, if it's a presenter, if it's a podcast, you, you need to make sure that you're you're setting yourself up for a long term. You know, depending on how long your shelf life's going to be, how long is your shelf life? How long is a thirty you know seven year old dude going to be relevant to the youth? Well, I feel thirty five. I feel twenty five in my mind, but like, how long is that going to be? Well, you know, as long as people listen and want to listen. Yeah, and and so speaking about like Formula Drift and and your involvement with everything there, like Formula Drift has come a long way, right? A really long way since it's uh, it, what do you call it? Inception. Inception yeah. And um, what do you say is is like your favorite part about mm. being in in that circus? Like you've seen it grow since you've been there from the start, and and now we come to 2016 where. Where cars are crazier than ever, and, and the, the new sponsors come on, and then there's a TV show, and, and all these things. Like, is there like a year that you would like to have stayed in? Mm, good question. Um, a particular year, and like to stay in. I mean, you know, people always rip on me because, like, you know, I'm 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 a fan of Chris Forsberg. He's a great friend of mine, one of my best friends. Um, I think when he won that championship in 2000, you know, nine was a great year because it was the first year that a true drifter won the championship. Doesn't take anything away from Sammy Hubinet, Reese Miller, Tanner Faust prior to that year, but it was like the 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 cars were just wild enough. It's like, so I'll give you one quick analogy. It's just like. Uh, it's it, it's just like like the '80s, man. Like you had just enough technology, right? <laughs> you had just enough. You're good. Like you can contact somebody anywhere in the world if need be. But now it's like you can't escape it. So for 2009, I think that was a really I think that was a really good year for drifting. The cars were wild enough. Um, it was it was fairly approachable. Um, but all that being said, I think every year there's what I'm proud of is just the professionalism. And how serious it's being taken, but at the same time, it's all perception. Because if you look through it through young lenses, some sixteen-year-old kid, he's like, "Wow, that's wild!" And I like Forrest Wang, or I like Jeff Jones, or I like Matt Field. Or if you look at it through professional racing lenses of of because if you think about it in motorsports overall, you only have one lens. If it's IndyCar, if it's Formula One, if it's WRC, there's only one lens with 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 formula drift and drifting in general from pro-am to pro you have many different lenses you have these kids that are just dude i can do that next year 
I could buy a Hachiroku or I could buy a Corolla or the same thing. Uh, I could buy an S13 or whatever. But then even an FD, they're looking at it through different lenses because, again, you have this corporate exec who says, man, I really like that. I like that demographic. That speaks to my, my brand and my product. Or I, or I have this kid who's just, I just want the T-shirt. Dude. I just want that sticker. That sticker is so cool. So it, it's approachable from the standpoint of, of, of from a consumer level to a professional level. And then from, think about it from vehicle level, right? Because you have, you have Jeff Jones who's banging away and like, doesn't have a tire sponsor. He's coming to Long Beach without a tire sponsor. And, and, and that's the reality of it. What other motorsport can you do that in? I mean, that's, that's just, that's the broad scope of it. And that's, and I think that's why we're having this conversation is because the growth of it and, and it's, it's aspirational, but it's attainable by comparison to many other motorsports. Yeah. And that's what makes drifting so much fun to watch the diversity and, and yeah, we, we who are in the circus know that the diversity is that probably the, the biggest factor uh, attracting people to the sport, uh, both as spectators or competitors, I guess. Right. Um, but what has been like the the worst part of like the really uh, the dope- hate, the straight hate, the ignorance, just straight ignorance, and it, and it gets it gets tiresome because the people that hate are the ones that are following. So obviously, if you're following, you're a fan. So you're talking about it. It's like I love haters. No, I don't love haters. Like I hate that saying. Like I don't. I, I shouldn't say I hate that saying. I don't agree with that saying. To each their own. Like if you agree with that, that's fine. I just don't. I don't understand that. The like congratulate, don't hate. Like I, I want people to just build it up versus break it down because it's so easy to judge. You can shoot holes in anything, man. And 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 I and I've said this actually quite a few times as of as of recent and it's in the the sport is young relatively speaking, but it, it's it's coming of age. Um and a lot of people that are in the sport are new to motorsports because it is it does come from that action sports mentality of you know, BMX, skateboarding, where things are very verbal and outspoken, right? So if you look at the latest skate video, the kids that are making comments on just that kid's trick are just haters and they can't either do it because skateboarding has been around since the 70s, right? So, you know, 60s. And and the kids that are hating on like a particular video segment or a part or whatever, a snowboard part, because that's 80s, right, for snowboarding. They can't do it or they want to be that, you know, like, and, and, and just, it gets tiresome because the dialogue, it, it can't, I would love to speak to absolutely everybody that hates on me, like I told you, but also just collectively the, the sport overall and what the builds are going to be, because do you really want to see a formula drift with just Corollas and S13s? Like how exciting would that be? I mean, let's, let's roll the tape, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Show them what that looks like. I mean, I, I would I would like to see the progression. Do I think there's a cap? Yes, I think there is some sort of you know thing, and the, you know, and that's what the rules and regulations and Kevin Wells and the judges are trying to you know put a ceiling on it as far as tire size and horsepower to tire size and those things and weight and that's that's some sort of guideline where it wrangles in the insanity. Because these cars are some of the wildest cars in motorsports, and it's been written. You know, it's it's public knowledge. It can be looked up. But the 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 biggest thing I despise would be just the hate. You know, and because um, it, it's just too easy. It's just way too easy. And I'm 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 cut 
you know, obviously, I, you know, I'd love to fire back on everybody and just say, hey, shut the fuck up. But that's not how I exist. And that's not productive. So I'd rather, I'd rather congratulate versus hate. So if you are a non-Swedish speaker, uh, just hang on for about 30 seconds. I'm going to read an ad and then we'll get back to the show. Radio Power bygger och servrar många av Sveriges absolut bästa tävlingsbilar och gatbilar. Och som generalagent för bland annat Mishimoto's racingkylare och K-Sport Racing sortiment med coilovers, bromskit och luftfjädring kan Radio Power leverera allt du behöver för att lyckas med ditt bygge. De har också specialiserat sig på tävlingsburar för både time attack, drifting men nu även rally. Så vare sig du behöver bygga en bur till din racebil eller sänka din daily driver så kan Radio Power leverera allt från bolt-on kits till skräddarsydda arbeten. Ett stort tack till Radio Power som hjälper oss att fortsätta göra det vi gör. So what has been like the the best part of it? Like what are you what are you excited mm. for for Formula Drift? Like I, I guess that look, let's go back five years. Mm. What have you imagined that Formula Drift would have been at this point? And what are you looking for the next five years from here? I would I would say that I've seen I've I've not forecasted this exactly I'm not Nostradamus but I would say that like I I've seen this coming you know and um, the cars are getting crazier I don't think we're gonna have jumps or anything like that uh, I, I what I do like is that there's a great pro am alignment and and I want them to be nurtured a little bit more like pro am um, pro two get nurtured a little bit more and I'm excited for just new blood. The best analogy I can think of is just vert skateboarding, vert, you know, vert skateboarding and, and, and getting new blood in there because it's kind of an, you know, vert skateboarding compared to street skateboarding is you need a ramp. Well, drifting, you do need a track. You know, like I said, you you can't do F1, you can't do IndyCar, but you can do drifting, but you do need that track. So availability Now, given that Formula Drift is on a professional platform, the capabilities of drifting coming to particular regions and areas and being allowed that and saying, hey, here's an example of a professional motorsport series called Formula Drift, and they're doing this on a regular basis at pinnacle tracks. Hey, we'd like to run a program event here. How much does that look like? And then these program events nurture it, and then you you get the track days built out, and you get the, you know just the support. The support and the growth of the groundswell of people doing drifting, and I think I think it is approachable, similar to, you know, my son is nine years old and he wants to do BMX. Well, there's dedicated BMX parks now. Again, me being 37 years old, do they have dedicated BMX parks? No. Do they have dedicated skateboard parks? Eh, they're okay, but not great. Not as great as they are now. So I think there's a natural progression to see. Venues open up their doors around the world and say that drifting is a legitimate motorsport, and I think I think that will propel overall Formula Drift because we need a groundswell from the bottom up. Otherwise, your your legends and your things and your they go away because what's my shelf life? What's a driver's shelf life? What are their aspirations? Just like you're asking me, what is Von Gittin Jr.'s aspirations? I mean, he's he's doing a lot of great things. Ryan Turk, Chris Forsberg, you know, like, you, you know, Tanner Faust, he's moved on. He's done that. You know, what's Forrest Wang? How long is Forrest Wang going to do this, you know? Um, Frederick Osbo, what's what's he looking like? I mean, he's constantly busy. What's What's everybody's shelf life? What's their aspirations and what's their dreams? Um, for me, I, th- I think it's just nurturing the groundswell. So going international formula drift is like 
they've tried Japan, and they're now doing China, I believe, or trying to go there was, to China. There was a potential doing China last year. Some things fell through as far as commitments on, you know, I mean, it, it logistically, just moving cars and doing that. I can't speak on Formula Drift's behalf because, again, I'm a hired contractor. But um, from what I understand, it's just meeting commitments, meeting, you know, timing, uh, do, doing all these different things. Um, the the world championship, uh, you know, what's great is, and it's it's been publicly out there that you know, FIA has taken a good look at like what it looks like to sanction a, a international and a true world championship, which I think, you know, could happen. Um, but logistically, moving car, you know, like you look at. You know, Red Bull X, you know, X fighters, you know, I mean, moving motorcycles and crews, it's a little easier than moving cars and crews and tires and rims, you know, so logistically it's, it's a, it's an undertaking. So for a, you know, a true Formula Drift World Championship in, in, you know, in Japan and this and that, and, you know, and it's, you know, we've had some stumbling blocks and stuff like that, but it's, it's, I think a true world championship will happen over the next five years. That's what I believe. And again, not speaking on Formula Drift's behalf. I think logistically that all ears are perked and that everybody just needs to get right, you know, as far as sanctioning bodies and look at it from an overall growth of the motorsport and not growth of pocketbooks. Not saying that anybody's getting rich doing this, but you have to be self-sufficient as a business. If it's Drift All-Stars, if it's BDC, if it's IDC, if it's King of Europe, if it's, you know, any Pro-Am series, they have to be self-sufficient monetarily before they can start expanding out. And I think I think Formula Drift is probably, you know, the, the, I don't know, like I've, I've only announced Formula Drift and I've done, you know, some Pro-Am stuff and um, internationally I've obviously done Formula Drift Japan, I've done a lot of Southeast Asia stuff, I've, you know, done some drift events in, uh, in Australia, Formula Drift Australia, um, the, the the market could, you know, hold it up. It's just logistics. It's you know, and it's just grabbing and and garnering those that attention from the big sponsors that that want to pay for it. And and it makes sense. There's ROI, and it's multiple years. Yeah. Like, what is your 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 day at mm-hmm. Formula Drift? Or or let's start with what is your day on a day off? Like, what do you do? Uh, wow. Okay. Well, day off, day off. Now let's let's talk about me coming into a Formula Drift event because, um, you know, say Long Beach for instance. Well, I, I came in early. I came in Wednesday. Wanted to party. Wanted to hang. Wanted to check out all the cars. Kind of get into the zone of of the feeling and the essence and what's going on here. And in particular, Formula Drift Long Beach 2016. It's rainy and it's wet. So unfortunately, it hasn't. Been, it's just been kind of a a gray, dismal feeling and a vibe right there's i mean the the cars look great but covered in raindrops it just doesn't look as like slick the excitement is not there yeah it's kind of you know metaphorically and literally rain on the parade (laughs) so as far as a a formula drift weekend i'll come in i'll do you know kind of my research and and talk to drivers kind of casually and all that stuff because i have a good idea from a from a you know long-range lens of what's going on but I'll, I'll just get some insight and some stuff of what what's going on there and then <clears throat> obviously friday going into qualifying you know joining the driver's meetings getting you know earshot of what people are saying what's going on da, 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 and you know talking with the judges talking with ryan and talking with jim and doug and, and kevin wells and seeing just where everybody's consensus and where everybody's head's at and then obviously you know 
ideally we have dry conditions, not so much Friday. Um, and then going into competition day, it's just think about think about the show. Think about what unfolds. Think about what's genuine and authentic. Shooting from the hip, um, I might not be correct every time, um, but just make it entertaining. And if I have a you know, mistake, fixing it, correcting it, talking about it, just elaborating on it. And it's, it's more my engagement with Ryan. You know, I look at myself as host announcer and Ryan as a sports announcer. That being, I want him to be a little bit more in-depth and I'm kind of carrying the show and the, the entertainment value, but also that, that goes into TV, that goes into our deal. Um, we both know equally about cars and drivers and stuff. And I like the new format of minimal drivers and less broken hearts that don't qualify into 32. I, I agree with that because I'd rather just see 32 drivers and see where they stack. That would be ideal every round because it breaks my heart because, like I said, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into a car for one round, that could be, like, I'm not doing that. Like, I, I you know, I feel guilty. Like, let me buy you a beer, dude. Like, after a round, you know, it's it's gut-wrenching. So that that that's my weekend. And then, you know, podium and, you know, grab my podium selfie and, and those guys, you know, they're celebrating and, you know, and, and that's it. That's that's a wrap. So like the the daily routine, like do you have a special diet or you know what, what do you what do you? No, doing? that's that's funny. Um, no, I just try to eat healthy. You know, as as fat and as many beers as I drink. I <laughs> you know I you know just try to eat healthy and be right and take some vitamins and do some stuff. And I you know I I work out. So on my off days um, when I'm back home. So now let's fast forward to Sunday morning. I'm going home from Long Beach. Um, got to take my kid to the doctor on Monday, go get him for his two-year-old checkup. I'll go to the gym. I'll go home. I'll get my son off the bus. We'll hang out. We'll play out front, crank some beers. My wife will make dinner. Okay. Tuesday, go to the gym, do this, do that. Like answer some emails. I do some consulting for some companies, some random companies on the side that have nothing to do with cars really. But, um, I'm constant. I'm never not working. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I've, I've been in this for a long time. You know, I've, again, the, the, the list of companies I've worked for would be, um, I worked at a, worked at TMR magazine, which is this really core culture magazine. I worked at a shop called group five, which is in San Diego, the first Tomei and June, uh, distributors in, uh, in the United States. Um, I worked at, uh, modifiers toys are these little toy cars you can modify they're made by x concepts which is the maker of tech deck i worked at speedwell footwear worked at gumball 3000 i worked at mcguire's um i worked at enterprise rent a car for a year and a half i got my ties stuck in vacuums cleaning up cars um yeah i've, I've kind of ran the gamut i didn't go to college i dropped out of college my first year first half of a year because um i didn't want to get my civic dinged up because of parking. So like, you know, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've run the gamut and I've, I've invested into, because I, I, I wouldn't say following my passion, but following what feels right and following what my wife is supportive of. I mean, I'll be married 14 years this year and it's just like, you know, congratulations. Yeah. 14 years in September and met her at SEMA, you know, she was, you know, she was dancing, I was singing, you know, and I'm kidding. <laughs> no, she was working for Magnaflow Exhaust, or not Magnaflow, sorry. She was working at Dynamax Exhaust, and uh, I was working for a magazine. And um, we met met at SEMA, so it's kind of cool. So she works for Meguiar's currently, and she's so, she's my she's my biggest fan and number one supporter. 
sounds like you've you you've done a lot and you continue to do a lot. Yeah, I'm 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 constantly just striving for more and networking and just I'm you know my ethos I have kind of four statements that I kind of live by is be honest because I never have to think a day of my life what I've said. Be humble because I'm only part of the equation. It's not me. It's all about everybody and how I work. I'm not I don't work for myself. I work for people and they hire me. Under promise, over deliver. That's something I learned when I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car because if you're going to do something, take it further because that will look good on you. And then um, do me because I do me better than anybody else does me. And that could be that could be me getting passed for a voiceover gig or me being passed for an event because I'm a square peg. That's a round hole. I can't take offense to that round hole. I'm just not their flavor. Everybody likes ice cream. But you might not like Rocky Road. I like mint chip. You might not like mint chip. I'm mint chip. Whatever. That's my flavor. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that and that's and that's what I strive to do. That's what I enjoy to do. That's what I, you know, in you know, aspire to be is just be honest, be humble, under promise, over deliver, do me because I do me better than anyone says me. And that's it. So <laughs> you never know. You know, I mean you know, I, I hope and I'm thankful for Ryan and Jim for, for having me on. I'm thankful for, you know, other racing series having me on, Red Bull Global Rallycross or Score International or Monster Energy or Red Bull or Toyota or Ford or EA or, you know, you look at my, my you know, my resume, I've worked with some major companies and I'm thankful. And, like, as long as that phone keeps ringing, I'm cool. And as long as the haters keep hating they can do what their their deal is, but unfortunately, like again, that phone keeps ringing. So obviously, I don't answer those dudes. I answer to my wife. I answer to God. I answer to my kids, and I answer to who anybody's you know willing to hire me. That's it. And so, if if there's someone out there looking to do the same thing as you, uh, I have the hmm. same. Uh, sort of what do you call it occupation skill set i work as a as an announcer in in sweden and doing for drifting in events and if there's someone out there doing exactly the same as you and looking to step up the game or even start doing it like what where, where what do you wow where do you go what do you do to to even start becoming an announcer i would say i would say take inspirations from different areas i wouldn't just focus on your particular sport because you're endemic to that world so if you're copying if say you're a baseball announcer and you just copy vin scully you know who's the la dodgers baseball announcer unfortunately you're just a copy i would take inspiration from many different places you know just like my tattoos it all attributes and contributes to my background and my being So, you know, if it's art, fashion, culture, music, you know, cars, this this whole gamut, take little pieces from every portion that you're passionate about or that person is passionate about. And 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 that creates that's a sum of of all your inspirations. Because for me, like I don't, you know, I didn't who do I have to go off of a drifting announcing? You know what I mean? Like there's there's Toshi, who did it for D1, and I don't speak Japanese. Like that, that I 
didn't have anybody to go off of. So a great friend of mine, Sal Masakela, who does X Games, you know, like I took, you know, uh, inspiration from Jerry Coleman, who is the San Diego Padres baseball announcer that I went to many games. My O Doctor reference is, is a total bite and homage to him. Like he used to say, O Doctor. He, like, there was a great play on the baseball field. He was like, oh, doctor, you can hang a star on that one. I remember that vividly as a kid. So that's my homage to him. He passed away, like, a few years ago. Um, you know, certain certain things, you know, Send It was something that was kind of mentioned to me the first year of announcing. And I was like, that's kind of dope. And he's like, why don't you then? Yeah, cool. I've just kind of, it's tongue-in-cheek now, but that's something that's just been said, you know. And so you, you take... You're a sum of all your impressions, right? You're, I mean, you're, you're, you have your parents, you have your siblings, you have, you know, great high school friends. It's like music, right? You're, you can't, again, just like the library, you can't listen to all the music in the world. You sure as heck can have an impact from those main albums. And those are guilty pleasures. So now, being an announcer, if that's your goal, you have to take all your inspiration and create into one lump sum. And what does that look like? You. Perfect. <laughs> really. <laughs> that was perfect. And looking forward to tomorrow is this, uh, well, it's going to rain. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a fact. And, and uh, I, will, I guess we'll see crashes and um, just mayhem, I guess. But, see nothing uh, short of Formula Drift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite driver? Uh, I, I, I've said it and I've gone on record. I think Chris Forsberg's just, just the guy to beat. You know, if, if he, if it was a spec series, I think pound for pound, Chris Forsberg is, is one of the best drivers in the world. And, and I've, I've gone on record and saying it, I'd like to see a spec series maybe eventually. Um, you know, if, if everybody's in the same car and like, what would that look like? I mean, I have love for many different drivers and, and different cars suit people. Um, I, I just think, I think Chris Forsberg is, is one of the best drivers in the world. That's it. All right. So I guess I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for doing this. This has been amazing to, to finally get a, get a talk to you. And, um, well, I can't wait for what's next. Thanks for having me on, Rotors. Thank you Thank so much. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com